Today on MVP, we'll be chatting with Panama Jackson, co-founder of hugely popular black culture blog, Very Smart Brothers. We'll be discussing what it takes to sell your company and demystifying what life is like after an exit. Hey, Panama, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm wonderful. Wonderful. I'm happy this weather is finally breaking in Chicago, so I cannot complain. You know, for those of my listeners who don't know, um, Panama and I have been, you know, friends for years now. I don't, you know, going back to my D.C. days, I don't even remember how we met. Like, it's been that long. Um, But, you know, Panama's been a great source of, uh, you know, business and personal counsel for me. So, of course, I had to ask him to come be on the show. Um, He's one of my first guests, so I'm very excited about that. So thank you for taking the time out to speak with me. Uh, It's my pleasure. Glad to be here. Look forward to the conversation. And, uh, you know, glad to be one of the first guests. It's a pretty cool honor. Well, I'm honored that you would say that. I'm flattered by that. Um, so, I'll, you know, I'll just go ahead and just get right into it. I know, um, you know, why a big part of the reason why I asked you to be here today is because your blog is loved by so many people. I mean, from seeing the post about 10 things your black ass shouldn't bring to the cookout or to your reviews on Queen Sugar. I mean, we've all seen or shared a VSB post. Um, but I think, you know, I know the kind of the backstory, and it's just in talking to you and knowing you for a while, but I think a lot of people have probably caught on to VSB in probably the past two, three years or the past five years, and they don't know like how you and Damon got started with VSB. So for those who aren't familiar, could you kind of give us like a recap on like how you guys got connected, why you decided to start VSB? And, like, what made you think that this was the right idea to pursue? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, VSB was started largely just on alert. Damon and I knew each other from our individual blogs. We met probably 2004. And, you know, over time, that's back when there weren't a ton of black bloggers. Black male bloggers is even a smaller community, so you all kind of met each other just naturally. And then, you know, over time, we both got a little bit burned out on the individual blogging process. But we also had been talking about writing a book together. You know, this is one of those things everybody who starts writing decides they want to do. You know, we're going to write a book. That's what we're going to do. Like, everybody's on this book thing. And we were like, well, in order to keep our names out there during the time that we're working on this book, let's start a group blog. And I asked Damon, I was like, yo, we need a name. He was like, how about Very Smart Brothers? I was like, cool, that works. And I went to one of our... Just that simple. You were just like, okay, cool. It was literally... Like, I feel like that's such, like, a man thing. Like... Yeah, there was no discussion, no debate. It's like, oh, very smart, but that works. Let's just let's just go for it. <laughs> Listen, even the idea to do it, it was just a conversation we had when it was like, hey, we should start a blog. He was like, cool. And I was like, dude, we need a name. He was like, how about Very Smart Brothers? I was like, cool. So in under five minutes, he went from no blog to having a whole blog. And we went in Lisbon, who's our third co-founder, handled all the tech stuff for us. So, you know, she was, I'm talking to her in between time. Like, yeah, Damon and I want to start a blog. And she's like, all right. So it was a very quick process. Um, that's how it got started. Basically, we were two dudes wanting to write a book who decided to put together a blog in the meantime. And the website just, so we started devoting more time to the website than we did to working on this mystical book that we that brought us together in the first place. And, you know, the rest is, I guess, rock and roll history, so to speak. So what do you, what do you think was a catalyst for, like, for... 
VSB's success initially? Because, I mean, did you see success immediately? Or did it take some months, some weeks for kind of things to get going, some years to get going? And, I I mean, if I I recall your story correctly, like, you and Damon didn't even, like, meet for the first, like... Like, y'all never, like, vlogged together or in person or in the same place for, like, years. Like, how did that work? Yeah, I mean, I mean... Success because of how you look at it. So when we first started VSD, we each brought individual audiences with us. So from the start, we had really good like comment numbers and we had good like engagement. We you know we we did numbers. It wasn't like we we started from complete scratch. Um, it did build though. Like the more that we wrote, the more VSD took off. Um, we start you know we we won awards. You know we were like we won. There's one year I think. You know, back when the Black Weblog Awards was a thing, we swept, like, every category. We won, like, six or seven different awards, like, best writing in a blog, best blog, best humor, best relationship. Like, we won all these things. And that was just a matter of time, right? It was just, you know, that was, like, 2010, maybe 2011, which is when Damon and I did meet. So, you're right, Damon and I didn't meet in person until three years after the blog had started. Um, 2011, April 2011, which is the year that we released our book, um, your degrees won't keep you warm at night. It's a very smart brother's guide to dating, mating, and fighting crime. Um, so, it, you know, it was like we kept having these incremental successes. Like we would do, we'd work for a little while, then we'd get profiled in a newspaper article. we work a little bit more, then we'd catch like a, a major magazine or we'd catch the Washington Post. Or we'd catch, you know, it was just the right people were reading VSB who would then do profiles on it. So people in positions to profile this blog that was keeping them entertained that was very no frills you know and liz had the right connections too so it was like we 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 were very fortunate in timing and the kind of topics we were writing about that just resonated with people and those people were in positions to profile and feature us in ways that got us new writers and, and got us a bigger platform Okay. So, like, along the way, was there any, like, moments where you felt like were either, like, uh, like an aha moment? Like, I know you, 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 you came with an audience and you saw success from the beginning, but, like, was there any moments that stood out for you personally that were like, you know, damn, we're really on to something. Like, this, is, this, this could be a, a real thing, you know? Or, like, maybe this is what I'm going to be doing for the rest of my life. Or was there anything that stood out either early on or even later that you were like, you know, like this is this is my full circle moment. That's like a really good question because that came in waves. So, for instance, the first real aha moment, like that we had something, like had something, something, was probably 2011 when we released the book. All of a sudden, we end up on everybody's radar, right? Books lend credibility for whatever reason. We say we have one, even though we self-published it. Like it ended up giving us this credibility we didn't have before necessarily as just a blog. So I end up on BET with Ed Gordon or whatever Ed Gordon show was. We get profiled in the Washington Post, Black Enterprise, Ebony Jet, Ebony. We're like everywhere. I mean, we end up on their like Ebony Power 100 list, which includes people like Obama and Oprah. You know what I'm saying? Like we end up in those kind of places. And that was like the first aha moment. Like we really do have something here. We caught fire. Now, that wasn't a point when I thought we could, I think in the back of my mind, I always thought we could do something with it for life, like permanently. At this point, though, Damon is actually writing for a living. 
So he gets a job at Ebony. Like he's doing, he has like an actual job at Ebony. And I still have my regular day job, my like desk job. So I don't plan on leaving it. I'm always in the back of my mind like, man, it would be dope to be able to do this full time. It wasn't until like 2015, I think, when we started having conversations and people started reaching out to us about like writing full time. Like Damon got his own individual, you know, looks. I did too. And I forgot to mention during this time, I think it was like 2009, 2010, Women's Entertainment Television, WeTV reaches out to me and has me come write for a blog that they have. And they were paying stupid money at that time. Like, I made so much money writing for Women's Entertainment Television, like, on top of the other stuff that I was doing. So, like, those are the little aha moments. Like, people who you wouldn't expect to be checking for you start checking for you and then put money in your pocket and feature you in places to put more money in your pocket. And then eventually we start having conversations with entities who are interested in acquiring a piece of VSB or VSB outright. You know, at one point we were working on a pilot for a TV show. You know, we've, we've lived a bunch of lives with VSB and got an, got an opportunity to try and do lots of things with VSB that I don't think everybody else who does this blogging thing has got the opportunity to do which is a blessing. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm like, I don't take any of it for granted. It's kind of dope to be able to do these things and be in a position where I am now, but you know, it's been a long process, but it's only been, it's been like 90% positive, only like 10%. Like what in the world is going on here? Like, what is this nonsense? Okay. So you mentioned that a little earlier that you started to get the attention of other entities who want to acquire a piece of, you know, VSB, and then you guys eventually did get acquired, like, about a year. I guess it's been a year and a half so far. Like, maybe it was, like, like late 2017? Like, two, two years ago, like, 2017. Yeah. Yep. So, okay, so, you know, I know you, you know, this was kind of always kind of something on the side. Like you had your day job, but, like, when did, like, the reality of, you know, I think we're going to sell this or we are going to, you know, go that, that direction as far as the exit strategy is concerned. Cause I mean, like when people start initially like, you know, reaching out to you about, okay, we want to acquire a part of ESB. Like were you initially warm to it or was it something you were always open to? Or is it something that something happened that you were like, okay, we need to pivot and we need to go this direction. And, now we're going to just open ourselves up to selling our company. I swear almost everything that happens with VSB is 100% spur of the moment. So, for instance, I don't think Damon and I ever thought about selling VSB or a part of it until somebody approached us like, have you guys ever thought about this? They were like, huh, no, we haven't. But now that you mention it, let's think about it. You know what I mean? And we've had several entities come to us that way. Like we had... I want to say this must be 2015, maybe. We had uh, this group, these cats in L.A., who came to us with an, like, they wanted to basically be uh, a majority stakeholder in VSB. Now, keep in mind, David and I know nothing about this world at all. Like, nothing about the business end of VSB. Nothing about how ownership of anything works. So we're having these conversations, and that that kind of puts the bug in our ear of, huh, maybe we can do this that way. Maybe we can enter the business world that way, right? Those conversations fell apart. I mean, they, they didn't fall apart so much as Damon and I just didn't think it was the right decision for us because we didn't know what we were doing. 
to be blunt, we didn't, we had no idea what we were doing, but we did know that what they put on the table was not something that we were interested in, right? Later on that year, as I remember, I think it was 2015, maybe early 2016, we get a call from another entity, a very high-profile entity, or at least the, the owner of it was a high-profile person that I was aware of, that Damon was aware of, reached out to us about purchasing the site and folding us, you know, bringing this into their fold, not changing anything, but, you know, basically turning, taking our traffic and taking our content to build up their own entity while also letting VSB do our thing, right? They basically just wanted our content and our traffic. And they were willing to pay us for it. Um, but they wanted to buy us outright. And I think that at that point, me and Damon really started having these conversations. You know, before, before they act. <laughs> Funny, I have to remember all this stuff. They, we actually had a deal on the table with them, like paperwork. We gone through these full. We had lawyers involved. We had a literal final draft of a contract done with this entity, who I will not name. And they started stalling. So from June through September, we worked with lawyers to get this contract in a way that we were all satisfied with, right? Come September, we're ready. We're like, all right, we're done. We're good. We're finished. We have the final contract. We're ready to sign. They started stalling. Didn't hear from them in October. Didn't hear from them for weeks. I call in October. We have a long talk, and they're like, yeah, money, money, money. We're trying to get this money together. November, December. Like, it's a, it's a constant struggle to get them on the phone and get an opportunity to close this deal, for which, again, we've had a contract done from months at this point. We had a contract done so long that we, we, we ended up outside of the exclusivity window, right? Like when you, when you do a contract for an acquisition, there's like an exclusivity window. During these 90 days, you will not talk with anybody else about the purchase. You won't do any of that type of stuff, right? We, we did all that. That falls apart. And then the root, which at that point had been purchased by Gizmodo Media, who, you know, they had that whole issue with Gawker. So Gizmodo, Gawker goes away. Gizmodo, and the, and, and the root is part of them. They reach back out to us. And they put an offer on the table, and we're like, at this point, we're ready to do it. What I said I was going to come back to is the Root actually was one of the companies that tried to buy us before. And I didn't like the terms of the deal. Or I didn't like what I thought would end up being the terms of the deal. So, you know, it ended up being a, no, a non-starter. And they went away, and then fortuitously, after the deal falls through with the other company, they happen to reach back out to Damon and Damon is like, yo, this is back on. And I was already out on the company where the deal fell through, which was for quite a bit of money. It was very disappointing. It was disappointing in the sense that I was like, yo, we're about to hit it big <laughs> financially. But in retrospect, it just wasn't the right place for us. It, w- it would not have been a good fit. Do you, did you feel like you were like on a kind of on an emotional roller coaster as far as like all the negotiations were concerned and like getting your hopes up about this happening, about the money, about like what this is going to look like for you and your family? And then, you know, that feeling like it's being pulled away from you or like even alternatively, like the, the process of, you know, negotiating, like the giving away of like your blog baby like this is something you've built from the ground up like what where was your head at when you were going through the negotiations you know i was less concerned about losing vsb um only because vsb is damon and i right like if, if damon and i aren't there there's no vsb right like it's it's so personality heavy 
you know, ultimately be great to build it up so that it could live without us. But the truth is, like, people associated with one another. So I'm like, if we lose VSB, something goes wrong, we're, this might be selfish, but I think Damon and I both feel like we can, we can do something else. We can come, because we, we actually want to work together. Like, we, we are tied at the hip and we're good with that. So we've decided that's, that's what we're going to do forever. <laughs> right? In terms of the emotional roller coaster, man, yes. Oh my God. I think I hated that other company at one point. Because it's like, we, you put us, we went through all this trouble to get these contracts together, which was its own, you know, emotional strain. We're going back and forth on this, this little point here, this little point there. I'm talking to this guy, talking to this person. I'm trying to make sure that we're not getting taken advantage of. And then, you know, so, and yes, I was thinking about, man, when this deal goes through, these are the things I can finally do for my family. These are, this is what life is going to look like. I'm planning to quit the job that I had, you know, like I'm mapping these things out for it to August stalled out on the fact that they never had the money to begin with. You know, it made me realize that that too good to be true thing is real, even if somebody's willing to push it to the very limit. And that really frustrated me. Like that genuinely pissed me off. And I was upset. I was mad about it. But, you know, God closed one door, opened up another one. Literally, while I'm sitting here frustrated, we get the call back from Univision in the root, like, hey, we want to bring you into the fold. And that process, that negotiation was simple and clean, straight to the point. We didn't have any real bones to pick on anything. Like, it was literally the best deal that we could have got for the right situation with the right people. You know, so that, despite all the stress of the earlier situation, the new one worked out well. And let me tell you something. I remember once we, Damon and I decided we were going to go with this new root deal or we were going to enter negotiations with them. I emailed the other company and was like, thanks for everything. Very professionally, thank you for taking interest in us. This deal is taking longer to close than we thought. We don't see an end in sight. You know, we're going to pass on this, but we appreciate it. When I tell you, the CEO of that other company called me and basically threatened me you need to give me this and this and this and all this other stuff because you owe me, but man, I, it took everything in me not to go clean off and stay professional. Like that's how I've been pushed to that level. Cause we're not talking about small money here. We're talking about life changing money. You know what I'm saying? Like you're, you're about to change my circumstances, but you're playing with my emotions because you don't have it. And you keep, you're banking on these other things that come through. So you can, you don't have to use your money to pay for this. Oh my God. Let me tell you, God, God don't, God looked out. I'm not a religious person, but God looked out home. Like, because if we would have signed with that company, I think VSV would have gone under. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't be who I am now. I'll say that. So, you know, it, it worked out the way that it was supposed to, but it was very stressful. Once I realized that things weren't going to materialize the way that they were, the, the way that we thought they were, and the way that this, these companies presented themselves, that was more frustrating than anything. Like, why lie? Like, why are you making up this story? You know what I'm saying? It was, that was stressful, but... Again, it worked out how it was supposed to. Well, you know, everything comes, you know, full circle. You're where you're supposed to be. Ain't no accidents. Ain't no mistakes. But, you know, now that you're on the other side of the acquisition, like, what does that look like? I mean, on a day-to-day basis, like, how has your life changed? Is there anything surprising that, like, you've kind of learned about yourself personally and professionally now that you are, you know, you, you've exited and, and sold your company. Yeah, I mean, the one thing that I can say is that looking on the other side, my life has changed. One, I write for a living. I don't have a, a I'm not tied to a desk in a desk like a 
traditional job capacity. So that that's awesome. Um, DSB is running like it should. You know, we have writers. Damon and I continue to write. Um, the site is doing really well traffic-wise. Like, it's literally where we want it to be. But it gave us more opportunities to do things because we don't have to worry about the business end of it anymore, right? Like, I just get to be a writer and a creative, and I like that. I did learn a lot through the process of the negotiations and everything. Like, I learned so much. You know, I learned how I learned how you can screw yourself. I learned about trusting your instincts. I learned about making sure that I read everything the lawyers are reading. Um, I learned that if you have a question, you need to ask it. Don't leave anything to chance. Make sure that you understand everything that's there because, you know, and, and make sure that, listen, they wanted us. And I walked into those negotiations with that in mind, right? Like, let's be honest here. They're coming for us. Like, let's not, let's not negotiate thinking that we're going to lose an opportunity. Like, realize they came to us, so they're willing to, they're at least going to listen. And that's a very powerful place to be in. I mean, I'm not saying that anybody got screwed in this deal. They won and we won is how I view it. And professionally, it was a great choice for us. And it was a great choice for them business-wise. Um, and them being the Root and Univision. Even though the, the Root is not owned by Univision anymore. We just got bought out by somebody else. Um, Gizmodo Media got bought by, I think, Great Hill Partners or something like that. But I learned a lot. And it was a good business decision. And I feel very comfortable with it where I am now in life and where my family is being taken care of and how I'm being able to take care of my family and the opportunities is opening. And it's just giving us a, I, on a personal level, like, you know, I used to have to straddle this line between Panama Jackson and my day job. And I don't have to do that anymore. Like I can be free to do whatever I want to do. And it just, it just is what it is. And I can't say how freeing, I can't say enough how freeing that is. I'm very happy with where we are now. Well, I'm happy that you're happy. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> of course, of course. So I know, like, I, you know, me being on the tech side of things, like, I meet so many founders who, you know, have been through acquisitions or, you know, exited their companies in one way or the other. And, you know, from what I hear, I've never been through an acquisition myself, but from what I hear, there, there's often, like, kind of this immediate impulse, especially from people who identify as, like, true entrepreneurs to start a new project like do you feel any compulsion to you know start something new or start all over again or start from scratch or do you feel like you know I'm good like I'm 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 Gucci right now like I just want to see where this goes and I'm like enjoying my freedom or is it like oh like now that I have this freedom can I do something else with it yeah I think because we never viewed this as an exit strategy to begin with I don't think either of us is viewing this from an exit standpoint. Like we didn't build it to sell it. It ended up being something we were able to sell and make money off of to build our brand up even more. Right. So I have no compulsion to start anything new or try something different unless I have to. What I do have a desire to do is within the brand that we've built and within the additional resources that we've gotten because of the acquisition, I want to expand VSB into other platforms, right. Into other multimedia platforms. I don't want VSB just to be written anymore. I want it to be in video and podcasting and all these others. I want to try everything within VSB because we have these, we have a different set of resources than we had before. So if anything, it just makes me want to build a VSB even more. Like, because we, even though we're part of the root right now, we're still a very independent entity. 
you know, people still view DSD in the root. Like, it's not just DSD as the root. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I think if I was building some kind of tech company or something like that, I'd be building it up with the hopes of selling to a bigger platform like Google or Facebook or somebody like that. Like, I would build it with that in mind. That was never what we did. We're, we're building, we're creating, like, editorial content. And because that's what we're doing and we like the BSD brand that we built, you know, I kind of want to, I still want to drive that train. Because again, like I said earlier, I mean, VSB is effectively Damon and I. If we, if we bounce, then there's no more VSB, right? So, you know, it doesn't behoove anybody or either, either party on the, it doesn't behoove us to leave because if we leave, VSB dies. And then we'd be forced to start something new. And for, you know, um, the root, they want us to try all these other things because the better VSB does, the better the root does. So I think we're all in agreement that we want to make VSB as good as it can possibly be. And that's the goal that we all have. None of it is about getting out of there. And we actually like being there. I mean, I, I like being at the root. I like my coworkers. I like, I like the environment. I like, I like what we have there. I like being in this very black space of creating black, you know, content. Like it's a, it's a rarity to have that kind of name brand cachet and all that and still be able to maintain some type of independence and authority over the things that you're doing. So I'm good where we are. We, 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 we're not thinking what next, not in that way anyway, not in the new thing way, more in a what's next for VSB way. So I was going to ask you that, um, like the, the acquisition or like the, you know, you coming into this money or whatnot, has it furthered your passion or like purpose for VSB? But I think you just answered that. And, um, you know, I think, that's amazing because I mean I know something. One thing that I struggle with is like focus. Like you know I, I I'm like a true entrepreneur at heart, and I'm always you know you know I'm always running by like new ideas by you and like hey I got, I just thought of this I thought of that, and so I think you know for me I think there's this there's this constant like desire to try these new things. So it's really amazing to see like that you not only you know have the passion to like grow this brand, but there's the capacity for you to do so. There's so many resources now available to you in which you can be the true creative that you are at heart. So, I mean, that that's an amazing thing to see. And, like, we're looking forward to seeing what's next for VSB. Yeah, me too. And, you know, I think that speaks directly to coming into a space that's, a, that's the right fit. You know, because it's not a tech company or somebody went, you know, we're not, we weren't acquired to fold it into something to build up another brand as that we were allowed to be an independent space within it. They just want our traffic and our content, right? But they want us to continue being the best us that we can be. And that's very liberating to know that it, you know, when you speak of focus, Damon and I both had all these other things around us, financial jobs, whatever that were taking away that focus. It made it difficult to focus purely on BSB. Well, now that we're in this situation, we have like a constant paycheck, you know, we have benefits tied to writing. Like, we are in a space where we can literally focus purely on VSB. Damon has his book that he just released. He was focused on that. But, you know, VSB is still the thing that we realize got us where we're going. So we don't want to lose sight of that. And because of that, we stay focused on VSB and what VSB can be. So... 
before I let you go, I'm coming up on time here and whatnot, but I, I wanted to um, ask you a question from one of our listeners. Um, and, you know, we try to ask everyone who's going to be on the show, um, you know, give them business, give our listeners business advice as well, because most of them are like, you know, entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs, emerging entrepreneurs, or just creatives who, you know, have something going on and they're looking for guidance and, and help and in, in getting to the next level. So I'm just going to read this to you real quick. So um, my name is George and I'm a lifestyle entrepreneur from Detroit, Michigan. I've had the fortune of living in various cities throughout America, both mid and major, and have taken a liking to contributing to the social scenes in this market. So my question is, in, in the idea of timing and being that most people are connected socially, how do you overcome introducing a new component and it not being socially accepted? How do you mature a demographic, mature, quote unquote, a demographic so they aren't intimidated in, by trying something new? and welcome and support new ideas in a market that is on the cusp of change but hasn't quite tipped the point. So, I mean, I, I guess, you know, in knowing some context about um, who submitted it, uh, you know, from what I understand, you know, they're in the events and lifestyle space. They're thinking about trying some new event concepts, possibly some, you know, brick-and-mortar businesses that are just taking new twists and new spins on industries. So, like, how do you how do you get people to warm up to the, these new ideas and these new concepts and to step outside of their box as far as, like, you know, taking a chance on your idea? I mean, I can speak to that directly with VSB, right? Like, that's when we got acquired – Everybody wasn't happy about it. We moved to an entirely different platform, a different commenting platform. Anybody who's ever been in VSB knows that our comment section was our draw for lots of people. And all of a sudden, it's different. We lost a ton of readers who decided basically that VSB ended in 2017 when we were acquired, right? And some people followed along and still read because they really enjoyed the content and the space that we built. But, you know, what we had to do was one, we had to accept that this is going to be a part of life, right? This is just what's going to happen. Some people ain't going to follow you along. And that has to be okay because you have to understand that what you're doing is in the best interest of your brand and your company, right? So we did that. What we also did was address our people directly. We wrote an entire article about the new changes and what this meant and what that meant for everybody else. And while we want everybody to stay, we understand everybody's not going to. But if they, you know, just give us a chance, like give us a little bit of time and see how it goes. And they'll see that it's not a whole different space. You know, so we basically had to plead with our audience and hope that they could understand that we were doing this for the VSB community in general, but we were doing this for us a little bit selfishly and personally, and we needed that. We needed to be able to do that. And some people came along, some people didn't, you know what I mean? And, you know, we, we're doing better traffic-wise than we ever did before, but, you know, that a lot of that are people that weren't there, that weren't there from the beginning. We do miss those people, but... I do think largely most of our long-time readers are happy for us, even if they had to get off that train. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, it's just a fact of life and a fact of business. When you do something different and try something new, everybody's not going to love it. Some people are like, I only want what I came here for to begin with. And, you know, luckily I think for us, the way we benefited was that it's such a personality-driven site. People genuinely like Damon and I enough to want what's best for us and our family that, even if they didn't love it, they wished us the best in the process. And we couldn't ask for anything better than that. So, you know, we, you, you do your best and you hope for the best and you just got to know that what you're doing is right. And, you know, in business and any endeavor, you're going to fail. More times you're going to succeed, I guess. 
And you just got to hope that, that those successes far outweigh the failures or far outweigh the, the, the negative impact of those changes. Yeah, I think chiming in, I guess piggybacking on it rather, um, what, what you just added is that, I mean, I think for me and like trying, just trying new ideas and new markets, I mean, I think you just kind of have to have enough faith to just build it and then just kind of say, fuck it. Like, I, I feel like, you know, there's just some type of degree of risk and you have to have such a faith in your idea and like the concept that you're bringing forth that, you know, a part of that is accepting that, you know, everyone's just not going to like it and having to make peace with that within yourself. Like some people not liking it or it having a slow start because people aren't familiar with it yet or aren't warm to it yet um, isn't a good enough reason to not do it. You know, it's like, I, I think about that. What is right. that? I think Henry Ford quote or whatever, when he's like, if I would have asked people, what when it came to building an automobile, like if I'd have asked people what they wanted, they would have said a faster horse. Um, I, I think a lot of people don't know what they want until you present it to them, right? And even if you pitch it and you have the most phenomenal pitch in the world, they're still like, eh, I don't know. I'm kind of good where I'm at. But I think, you know, I, I think people shouldn't be afraid of like small starts. Like everything has to start from somewhere. And it'll gradually grow, um, you know. But, I mean, there, like you said, there's going to be a lot of failures, a lot of hiccups, a lot of hurdles along the way. Um, but if you truly know that you're on to something, you know, you got to figure out a way to kind of keep doing it without, you know, losing that um, enthusiasm for the idea, for the project itself, or for the mission that you're trying to ultimately accomplish. Um, cause there's, there's going to be hurdles and people aren't going to be warm to it at first, but eventually they'll come around and like, you, you'll find your tribe. I agree completely. Part of the game, man. This is how it goes. And sometimes it works, but you got to believe in you. I mean, that's the crux of all endeavors. You're going to jump out there. You got to believe in yourself enough to know that what you're doing is going to work or at least hope that it's going to work, but have enough faith in yourself to not believe that failure is an option. You need to be surprised. <laughs> Or I even feel like I feel like you you kind of always know that failure is an option in the back of your mind, but like failure, I don't think is like the end all be all, right? Like you're gonna fail. Right. Part of it. Yeah, you're gonna fail so many times along this journey, and like there's gonna be small failures and big failures. Like I read about and hear about companies all the time that like literally were like one check away or like one payroll away from completely going out of business, and like they're still here. Right. Like that was a, you, if you're one, if you're one check, check away from like firing your whole staff, that is a failure. That's somebody's failure in that company. Right. Or like the company's failure as a whole. But like, you know, you keep going. Like, if you, you believe yeah. it, if some, and maybe it just means that like the company doesn't look how you envision it initially. Like maybe you go a different direction, but it could still exist in some shape or form. But it's just going to take time. It's going to take faith. It's going to just take dedication to that idea and, like, where you want to go. And, like, knowing that that, like, waiting and patience process is not pretty. It's going to be taxing. It's going to be draining. But, like, if you can get to the other side of it, then you can get the fulfillment and, like, the financial rewards of, like, knowing that you saw this idea through. Yeah, it's, 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 when it works, it's a beautiful thing. For sure. Well, that's, yeah. I mean, you know, that's that's all I really have for you today. You got, you, 
anything you want to shout out or anything you want to say before we wrap it up? Yeah, just check out VSB, VerySmartBrothers.com, and enjoy the shenanigans. Hopefully, you'll be able to hear some podcasts and, you know, a little more video content. Like, we're, we're ramping up. We're doing our best to, to expand the way that we, we bring VSB to the world. That is our goal at this point. Oh, and get Damon's book, What Doesn't Kill You Makes You Blacker, in stores now, everywhere you buy books. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, thanks again for uh, for stopping by. It's been a pleasure speaking to you today, and um, we're excited about the next steps for VSB. And we will definitely all go get Damon's book. I'll share the link when you know we release this episode, um, so that we can check that out and um, your new content. So thanks again, and have a great one. My pleasure. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Okay.